Welcome back to the second part of episode nine, Just Swim podcast. It's my birthday um, coming up soon, and I've been thinking, well, I'm debating whether to get a new lens for my existing camera or get a new camera. Um, both seem to be about the same price. So the lens that I'm looking at, if anyone's into photography, is a, I think it, the newest ones are a 17 to 35 mil one, uh, are they 1.8 or maybe two, one to two F, something like that. So pretty good lens, good glass. They're about 300, 400 pound. I guess the cameras double that actually. Whereas what I could get is a new camera, which would be good for uh, not necessarily live streaming, but, um, and this is another thing that I want to talk about actually. Um, video conferencing so a good either dslr or mirrorless camera that has webcam support now i do have a video capture card hdmi video capture card but it, it seems it seems like the the cameras that do what's known as clean hdmi output which i don't know if yours does it might do the canon 700d um, but what that means is clean output is if you're not shooting, if you're not recording, you can turn off all displays on the HDMI output, run it into a capture card and use it as a webcam. Um, now you have recently, or I've, I sent you a link today about the webcam utility from Canon which I'm really interested to see because it could be that I just get a, a 700D because they, they're a lot cheaper. They're like the same price as the lens at the moment because they're like oldish cameras. Um, I think what I've got is fine. I mean, especially if you get decent lenses for it, like mine's got the standard lens that came with it, but I'm sure you could do some kick-ass lenses for it. So mm. like, it's just the lens. The camera's the camera as far as I understand with photography. Like, I know there are improvements and variations, but unless you want to spend like two grand, then you're probably not going to get much more for your money. It's like headphones. It's like cameras are one of those things that the ratio of as you spend an extra 50 quid, you get less and less with every 50 quid you add. Yeah. So the things that I'm looking for, I guess, in, in a new camera is good video quality either full HD output on uh, on video, ideally 4K with most modern cameras. Uh, Are you but that... always going to be using the camera in a standing setting? Because uh, one thing I have to say, because I've got two different types of cameras, haven't I? I've got the 700D, which is a big DSLR, and then I've got the Handycam, the Canon well, no, it's the G7X. Sony G7X. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, not Sony, it's Canon G7X. Yeah, Canon G7X, yeah. So I've yeah. got the perfect spectrum of both of them. Yeah. Um, 
and I've used the other one so much more. The G7X. So, yeah, so much more. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. So the M, the Canon M50 is kind of like... It's not, though. An intermediate between a <laughs> DSLR and a PowerShot. Yeah, I don't know how much I see that. Like, <sighs> It's a light camera. One it's thing not as... I've loved is putting it on the stick. But that's kind of like because I've always made like shitty vlog material that I've never used and like stuff like that. Well, the G seven, so the G seven X is a good camera, but at the moment I can't find any Mark One G seven X, and the problem is, is on, I believe only the Mark Two G seven X, which I think is currently the the available one, but I think. A lot. I think sometime in June, that's when everyone releases their new camera models, which I think the Mark III is coming soon for the G7X. And I think only the Mark II onwards can be used as webcam. So I reckon that space for the small camera is going to be getting super competitive because of like vlogging and everything like that. It so really I reckon is. That, that new G7X is going to be booming. It really is. And, and the, so here's the thing, is the... Like you fucking turn it on, it'll make a vlog for you. you yeah, yeah. Again. So there's a few cameras that I've been looking at. One is a Fujifilm XA5 slash A7. Sounds cool. Um, that's good. It it's uh, again a mirrorless camera, um, but it's a cropped sensor. But it's less cropped than the Canon M50 that I was also looking at. Um, there's the Canon M50 and the G7X. Um, all of which can be used as a webcam through the utilities, all about the same price. But it, from the videos that I've seen online, the Canons look better. They, even though they might have drawbacks in some places compared to the Fujifilm, the color quality, the color and the exposure coming out of the Canon is far better than the Fujifilm. Um, so I'm really torn at the moment. I'm just sort of well i'm also thinking do i get that or do i get a new lens for my existing camera but my existing camera can only do photos it doesn't have video Mm. um i think i would prefer a new camera that can do webcam support uh especially at the moment because the webcam that I've got is useless and at the moment I'm doing quite a lot of calls, which will lead me into my next thing, which is uh, which is again about working from home and all of the video conferencing that everyone's doing at the moment. Mm. Do you think that it's a bad thing that we are... Because a lot of the use the user interfaces of these conferencing apps is it will show you a big picture of everybody else and you'll always have a small picture of you. Yeah. But my question to you is to lead us on into the next discussion topic, which might be a short one, is do you how often do you look at yourself when you're talking online to your colleagues? That's an interesting question. Um, I guess I don't. I don't look at myself. Um, I think. I think during the call, I might 
not listen to what someone's saying and look at myself. Um, simply because I noticed that I'm there because I think, oh, there's loads of people here and I'll like be looking at, oh, look at all these little boxes. There's yeah. a guy talking, but look at all these little ones. What, are they, what, what yeah. do they think about what he's saying? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking at reactions. Like, I love it when, when somebody's like secret, like they've got a little grin on and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Like, fuck this or this is a good idea or whatever. So I like doing that. Um, and then I'll suddenly think, oh, I'm a little box as well. And I'll scroll to mine and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just there's me um but one thing recently is that because we were both on meetings at different times i'd been doing all of my calls from the bedroom and essentially sitting on the bed with the curtains behind me yeah not ideal yeah i know exactly and uh i kind of like started thinking to myself over and over again i was like well people are just gonna think i'm sat on my bed all day even though it doesn't look like i'm on my bed it's like why is he sat with curtains behind like it's just a bit weird um <laughs> But then the reality is, it's like, I think it's a fairly, like, if you think about the reality, I've got a kid running around in the lounge. She's probably wants to have the TV on or like the audio books on or whatever she's doing, like making quite a lot of noise. Yep. Then I've got Claudia sat on the table directly behind the desk I would be at. Claudia doesn't want the camera on when she's walking yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah, getting yeah. breakfast and stuff like that. You know, the house is tidy. We have a tidy house, but it's still a family house. So every so often there's going to be Miyako's toys out and crap like that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, my bagel I've just eaten for breakfast lying half eaten or something stupid. So it's like, it's not, it's not ideal. Um, but what I have done recently is I've just said, well, fine, I'm, this is my life. I can't, I'm not going to sit there and sit in the room. So I just put it on, on the, uh, on the camera, on the do, PC in the Do lounge. you feel bad enough about it that you ever had to justify it to somebody in the call? Um, I did when I used to sit in front of the curtains because I, I think a lot of people used to, they, they used to say, oh, oh, Tim's back in his tent. He used to pretend I was in like a wigwam. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like I'm in a caveman tent or something or out in the, or, or like uh, out in, I don't know, wherever in the desert. And, uh, I kind of used to be like, oh, yeah, my partner's on a call at the same time and uh, yeah, Miyako's running, running around, around or, yeah. you know, whatever. Because it is quite hard in that in that regard. Um, I think that would be one thing in your life if, if this house proceed goes through well. Um, that's going to be one thing that you'll appreciate a lot, I think. Is... I can't. I was just think, I was thinking the other day, I, I think it might be too much room. Like, I, I'm imagining myself down in the garage and, like, I, I always know where Claudia and Miyako are because they're right next to me. And you're not going to know now. For, for ages. They I'm could be in be the like, kitchen. They yeah, could be in anywhere. I couldn't hear anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then uh, also, like, I was imagining at night going down to get a glass of water in that house. And I was mm. like, I'm ding. Have to go downstairs. <laughs> yeah, boy. Like, going to have to be more than 20 meters from my loved ones and like in this dark place. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just a bit weird. But um, it doesn't make sense to me, really, the whole idea of it. But especially now there's another one on the way, like 100% need that space, I guess. So Yeah, for sure. And I think it'll, I think it will be like a big, um, I don't know, I can't, I, the whole time I've been thinking of this, the, the right word to say, but I just not very good at the English language, but like, it's a huge, it'll be, it'll be like a huge um, satisfaction when you can separate your work from your living by having a separate room for your computer and your laptop space. And you yeah. can leave that room at the end of the yeah. working day and go, right, that's, that's, that's it. so true. Cause I'm like, 
that is one thing I've noticed is that from prior career experience, I've been trained to have like a nine till five, like or even nine till seven, like go mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, like setting things that I'm going to do and then doing those things in that day. But then what happens at the moment is like I've I've literally given up setting those things. And if I, I get done in the day, what I can get done in the day, I attend the meetings that I know I have to attend. And like I I could do better. I could do better, but I just can't at the moment because it's like every like earlier it got towards the end of the day and um Miyako is just like she's she's so lovely but she's just like she's bouncing off the walls she always has been because she's a really excitable child like most kids would be like that but she is towards the like energetics end of the spectrum and um I just I didn't have my headphones on at the time and I was trying to write um a list of how we wanted to have different cryptocurrencies in the wallet for our wallet at work yeah and um I just couldn't think of the sources and the fields of data that would be required per each cryptocurrency right and i was sitting there trying to think of it and i know these things like time date pending transaction status like all this stuff yeah value obvious things um i just couldn't think about it i was just like i just turned around at claudia and Miyako. i was just like just please because claudia was next to me in the kitchen and miyako was in the fridge <laughs> and then I was sat, at the, and for people to understand that, that is three people standing in a row next to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was just like, it's getting towards the end of the day. I had a meeting in half an hour where I was going to talk about this stuff. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, I was just like, dude, like, can't I can't focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's no one's fault. Is like, and you know, that's what it is. I think Funfair has been quite understanding. Like, my company has been quite understanding of that, though. Um, they always are very like when they do talk about stuff, they're like, just do what you can. And like, if there's anything we can do to help, then uh, we will. I should probably talk to them and like tell them about that though. Cause if it's not obvious, then maybe they think like some weird shit's going on. I don't know. But yeah. It's I definitely... think they kind of understand it. Yeah. Talk to HR about it. So the good thing about talking to HR is basically what HR are there for is just to listen to problems. They never offer solutions and they never provide solutions. They're just there to listen. And it's good. HR is quite good because they, uh, human resources, they, they just, they're like, um, they're like small spies. They're like little spies within the business. Because mm. you, you always feel comfortable. I don't know if you've ever spoken to a HR person. Obviously you have a um, yeah, fun fair. Yeah. They're always quite relaxed and calming and, it's because they have fuck all going on, basically. Um, Our HR lady is really good. Yeah? Like, really good, yeah. So she's, I think she's younger than me. Um, I'm, I'm bringing age into it just because she's, like, early on in her career and just came into a company that was full of these, like, Broken not processes. All, not all middle-aged, but like senior developers oh, who right. are like, okay. you know, like stick to their processes, keep themselves themselves quite a lot. And we do have a really good fun team. Like everyone's great. Um, but she really, you have to over-communicate to achieve pe- things with our team because yeah, it's like, you, you know, how are you feeling, guys? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No yeah. one's like... Uh, I I did this today, you know what I mean? It's just not always like that. Uh, um, but she does well. Um, and I think it's kind of, I remember you saying, like earlier you saying like, it's just, uh, they can't really solve things. I think she kind of does quite well. A lot of the times she's pushed me towards doing certain things 
um, or we've discussed certain things or she has seen between the lines in a certain way of like things that are happening in our company, um, whether it be upwards or just general. That's what stuff. I mean. HR, get yeah. they get a full sentiment of the entire yeah. business. But one thing I've wanted in our company is like there's a lot of times when my feedback is just to give her more power. Like, like what do you mean power? Like just give her more like, I don't know what it is, like elevate her role, Authority. make it head of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because that's one thing that I love so much is when a young person is good at their job and they go and, and a company says this person them. is good. They're as good as a 40-year-old doing this job. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I can tell them they're a 40-year-old. Here's some more money. Here's a job title that sounds like you're older. Yeah, yeah, Run yeah. away and, and move forwards in life. Yeah. Because you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of people in work that, especially older people who are senior looking down and not really to promote people just because they are young. There's literally, like, does this person offer more than someone who's like 40 in our company? Yeah. But they don't have as much experience. Like what? Yeah. Fuck off. Take experience for a ride, honestly, because experience is only good if you're ready to really, really grind it. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, I think the, the, the flip side to that argument is that experience, experience seen is see like the more experience you have the less risk you have the rest less risk there is on the business yeah because ultimately it's all well and good promoting somebody young giving them a good job title giving them a promotion but as soon as they get that you might keep them for about six months and then they're gonna go uh fuck this i'm gonna go be head of hr for uh barclays bank um, wow. So you lose that talent. So that that's I think that's kind of one thing. But at the same time, I do agree that like, um, and one of the problems of that is is the increasing um, pension age. So what happens is you have all of these old old not old people, but you know seniors in mm. business thinking like, fuck, I'm not going to get my pension until I'm 75 years old or whatever. So they think, well, I'm going to hold on to my job. And if I promote somebody, that makes me redundant. So it's a bit of selfishness involved as well. But at the same time, they're just self-protecting. Um, but anyway, the whole reason why I ask is about, do you look at yourself? Like, do you, how much do you, how often do you look at yourself when you're on a, a Zoom call or whatever it is you use? Discord. Mm. Um is because I, I worry for the people that are doing this every day in that this probably been one of the only times in human history where people have had, well, not necessarily had, but been forced to have a picture of themselves displayed to them for an extended period of time every single day. That's true. I haven't uh, thought of it. I think. I think that, that. So the other thing is that I've seen a lot is someone on Twitter was tweeting saying, "Make it compulsory that video conference calls don't include video, so it's just your name." Um. I think. So say that again. 
So, so I watch a lot of the Ethereum dev calls, yeah? And yeah. it'll be a Zoom call, and you'll have a few people who have their camera on, and it, and but a lot of them, it'll just say, you know, their name. Yeah. Because they've got their camera off. Yeah. And it's weird because... So I remember in in our when we had our old CEO, one of the things he said on one meeting was, can we have people's cameras on, please? I thought that was the weirdest line I've ever heard. Why? Because... Well, because what what you're really asking for there is like show your face. Like, what if I don't want to? But you don't get that opportunity. You, you don't say that yeah, when you're I, in an office. Yeah, I know. You don't but, get that choice. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I know. But you're not in an office. I understand. That's like, that's I like understand. if you go on a, on a social evening out, yeah, like you might. I mean, you do act like you do in an office, but it's also different. Like it's all different. It's different variables. There's nothing in my contract that says that if I'm to be working from home, I should have my face on a video call. Well, and e- everyone did put their faces on, most people, yeah. But I'm just saying that I think that what you're really saying has merit and there are issues to it. And wouldn't it just be simpler if we all had our freaking voices on? Because, you know, I'm thinking about adding video to our podcast, but one of the reasons I don't want to is because I feel like we talk more when we don't have video on i feel like we listen more and we get further in the discussion and maybe i, I could yeah. do the same with us with our meetings at work i i do agree with that um at the same time i think it's important i i have i value highly the physical interact i know i mean it's hard over webcam but no, but it's I true. On our, important... on our Scrum of Scrum's call, like we all have our cameras on, we're smiling, we have a good time. Mm, like, mm, and mm. if we didn't have our cameras on, probably be a bit different, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, think... it, but but it's like I just. So that's an really attitude, though, isn't one. it? It's it's an, it's. I mean, it, it's this is what's fascinating to me. Like this whole topic of this is like a huge social experiment. What we're going through, what the world is going through right now, of work. Mm-hmm. Like most people in the world where they can working from home yeah um having these like it's almost like a like a, um, a sci-fi film like what we're in at the moment yeah it is like holograms um synthetic backgrounds filters when you want like yeah well you you walk past people's houses and you're looking through the windows and that's what they're just doing people sat there yeah because there's a road near mine where you, you literally like you walk down the path and it's literally like window, window in front of you. Mm. And like, you can't help but like look out the corner of your eye like, oh, I'm what are they doing there? He's doing this, he's doing that. Just because like, what maybe TV that's just do me. they have? Yeah, but like, everyone's just freaking sat there. Everyone sat there. But yeah. that's why I think it, that's so a lot of me agrees with you that there is a different dynamic. There is definitely a different dynamic between voice only and voice with video. I think if, if you're a, I think if you're a team that works really well, I don't think it matters. So an example of that is a dev team, um, a develop, a software engineering team. They, they have to engage every day with each other, even if it's a Slack message, which means their team bonding and team morale is always good. Mm. Even if it's not good one day, if something's really depressing them, but the interactions that they have with each other are always not necessarily positive, but meaningful interactions. And yeah. 
you yeah. value what the other person says, mm -hmm. which means it doesn't really matter to you whether you have video or not because you are somewhat you linked space. to that person. Yeah, you have yeah, that space and that exactly. family. Yeah. Um, so can I just swing it sideways a little bit on the sense that you said like the impact, like the social experiment that we're having at the moment. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about and the reason I brought up fashion at the start is I'm kind of interested to understand what hit the fashion industry has taken during this period. Because I, when I look outside or when I go to Sainsbury's, I'm seeing like a, de a decay in like everyone's just in pajamas and trackies. Me and Claudia, we went down the high street the other day. A woman walked past us in a fluffy dressing gown. She walked past us in a fluffy dressing gown on the phone, chatting away. This is like twelve o'clock, maybe one o'clock in the day. And and this is what I'm saying is like people like me, for example, I've worn pajama trousers and a and a t shirt for my Zoom calls. Um or trackies when I go out and a coat like I just well apart from I, when I went on those house viewings where I wear some jeans like and I'm saying this is what I'm saying is why would anyone buy the latest fashion wear right now why would you bother I agree and that's for, and another funny thing is the whole Instagram thing if you see these people sat at home like all done up What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, what you literally got dressed up today just because you know you might take an Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Imagine getting ready in the morning, like, and that's the tragedy. Like in the female world, I don't mean to put it all on females because I know everything's not like this if you're a female, but like, oh, it is such a bubble. Like, wake up and do your makeup and do your hair, and like, God. I just, nah, yeah, I totally agree. It's crazy. Imagine when you used to go to school every morning, like girls like get up and like do oh, their makeup Jesus. and stuff like oh, sit in front God. of the mirror and like paint your face jesus i wish they you know what like just leave it i wish they had just banned it i wish well it, ugh, I they know. did kind of didn't they it was always nah, people sent was... to the bathrooms to scrub their faces or whatever there's always well the rules were there's like um there was like a, a level of tolerance for what make what kind what how far you can take makeup Mm. Um, and that's an that's an interesting thing. I don't know if you know. Um, I think you might have caught on to him recently, but um, fuck, what's his name? What's the Canadian guy's name that always talks about this sort of stuff? The um, fuck. He wrote a book called um, Twelve Rules for Life. Oh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. That's it. Yeah. Um, he spoke about this in an interview, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. And I totally stand by him on this, which is there's a purpose for makeup, which is to make you look better than what you are, to give the appearance that you're looking healthy and essentially a prime mate. Now, a lot of girls disagree, would disagree with that statement. Liza disagrees with it. Um, and the excuse that a lot of people have is that it's, it's, it's to make me feel good. Like if I put makeup on, it's to make me feel good. But what do you, what, what do you mean? 
it's you don't see the makeup like when you're out and about yeah you you see it when you put it on but after that you don't see it so how can it be to make you the only way that it can make you look good that make you feel good as a person wearing makeup is because people don't look at you weird because you're not wearing makeup um so there's two faults there is we shouldn't uh, people it's like racism people shouldn't uh, degrade women for not wearing makeup I think that will come with time but at the same time I don't I really don't believe that women should think that putting makeup on makes them feel good I think those th two things are intertwined um, and the other thing that so anyway going back to what Jordan Peterson says is we haven't had, like, there is, and sort of linking it back to what we were saying, is the social experiment of wearing makeup in the workspace is still ongoing. Women have only been in the workplace in Western society for maybe, what's 50 years, 60 years, when women's rights came into, like, into, into society, when companies were like actually yeah we should probably hire some women because like they can actually they can do things like and they can help us um which was a good thing but at the same time what that brought with them eventually was this idea of um a sexuality in the workplace which isn't necessarily women's problem or men's problem i think part of the reason is down to wearing makeup and I think one of the reasons why some people wear makeup, some women wear makeup, is so that they can level the playing field between themselves. And that was definitely a lot... All women would disagree with what I've just said there. 100%. Yeah. Well, no, it's the bar that they set between themselves. Exactly. It's like, for example, Claudia goes, I don't think she wears that much work when she used to make up when she used to work in the office. Um, because she works from home now, but like she doesn't really know anyone really at her office or have a social presence in the office. She kind of goes there to get her work done and then Come goes on. home. Yeah. Um, but yeah. she will still wear that makeup. But that's just because they're all sat there wearing makeup, aren't they? It's almost a, it's a language set between girls yeah. almost. Yeah. Um. So the best thing to do, in my opinion, is ban makeup. If you're a business. Ban makeup in the workplace. Men don't wear it, so why should women wear it? That, um, yeah. Can you imagine the uproar that'd be like? Why would why? What's the argument against it? You cannot portray yourself as somebody you're not. That's the policy of the business. Because what that invites is essentially a man could go, well, fuck it, I'm gonna wear a horse face today. Because that's essentially what's happening. I'm going to portray myself as something different from what I am. Yeah. It's also not very helpful because the whole point is that it's like seductive. Well, that's another thing that a lot of women would disagree with. There's another thing. I can't remember someone told me this once, but there was like a policy at Netflix where you weren't allowed to make eye contact with another staff member for more oh, than three it's seconds. absolutely ridiculous. Ooh, is that yeah. real? I don't know if it's real, but it wouldn't surprise me if, I if it was I don't real. think about eye contact like I'm eye-fucking someone. I just look at people. Mm. I think I'm quite like 
confident like that, especially I think if I first meet you, I'm not like bogging out your center pupils. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm like doing it for a few seconds, then looking somewhere else, like ha da 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 da, yeah. <laughs> Don't, like dancing around the space a bit, like, yeah. kind of like probably just wishing to get out of the situation entirely. <laughs> um, but once I know you, like I'm just gonna sit there and we're gonna we're gonna look at each other and talk. Yeah, yeah, like normal, just... normal fucking humans would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just weird. Um, that's it, isn't it? We're doing this. Uh, it's over. It's like that cancel culture stuff, isn't it? It's like the over. Yeah, well, I don't understand that reaction of everything. You know what? I think I think we've. Um, I think we're at this point in our lives where our generation can clearly see a dramatic difference in the generation underneath us. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing down there? Like, you have no fucking clue what's going on. And yeah. you're just, whatever. Like, yep. That's the state of the world, mate. It's episode nine. It hasn't changed much from episode one been really pushing for it we've been talking about a lot of stuff but we're just gonna have to keep talking because it's not fixed yet <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> let's let's make a promise to the world that this podcast will end when all problems that we've highlighted in the podcast have been resolved until yeah. that point the podcast will continue <laughs> what would be interesting would be to gather the problems and to try and prioritize them <laughs> but yeah put them in a sprint board <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, Size this, them up. Let's go. <laughs> well, racism has got a dependency on removing dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, just too many personal but, um, jokes in the industry. One thing I think we were saying, just to go back to the old uh, the closure part of the podcast, which is where we'll do a bit of housekeeping, which is that we were coming to the tenth episode next week. At which point, we did say we would try and find a guest. Yeah. So I don't think bringing video to it is a good idea anyway, because I want to experience our guests without video, just yeah. for those reasons we just discussed. I was t- I'm totally on the same same page. I just feel that there might be a struggle with some of some of the people that we get on. Is like the brilliant thing about the way that I've set this podcast up is it makes it so nice for me to do post production editing. Yeah. Um, but, but that's only as you know, we'll just have to create um some documents for them i like the way that go you're hinting this, that woody should make those documents. go to this well i'm making the logos mate have you seen yeah. that new logo <laughs> yeah it's great mate yeah it does doesn't it we've gone from a 4.5 to a 5.4 yeah that's great out of 10 <laughs> so uh we're getting there but um no nah, i can probably do that it sounds like one of my no, prds I, I can do go it. to uh go to this place Download Sign. it. Yeah, the thing is, is there's, there's a lot of settings that I need to people to change. But anyway, regardless, yeah. let's stop talking about that shit. Let's let's talk about. But we're going to get some guests. We're going to get guests. Yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a few people to choose from. Even uh, I keep thinking of different people every day that'd be interesting. So I think what we'll do is something like a guest every three episodes or something like that, yeah. just to make it special. And like you said, I think some people might find it hard to get on. I think some people might find it hard to necessarily talk all of the time. I think some people might find it easy. But that will be part of the adventure that we go on. And you'll be coming with us whether you like it or not. Was that it? 
Was that a closing statement? No. I'm oh. just saying that's where we're going. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. That that's that's the um I'm I'm quite excited actually, especially with the guests that we were hoping to get on for the tenth episode. I don't know if you've given notice. I don't Ugh, know if... You know me, mate. To be fair, we've we've got a week's notice if I ping him tonight. Well, I've been thinking there's 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 I think there's a good uh, there's a, at least an hour and a half of content with him. I think. Uh... I've got questions. I've got questions about lots of things with him. I've got questions as I well. I would love to know and where he's going. One thing I was wondering at. is is if at the start of bringing a guest on, if we were going to do like a 30 minute, like, so take us through your coronavirus diaries. That was what I was wondering. That could be interesting. And then to go into our, like, why this person is here. Um, but I don't always want to focus on coronavirus. But then it's kind of like, as you said, social experiment. You can't really not. Can't really not. I find not, every yeah. day is interesting. Yeah, it is. I have think you, I think you, it's have valuable. Have you had any weird things happen recently? Uh, what in my life? Just when you're out and about, like, have you been going out much? Oh, I went shopping the other day. I had a beautiful experience shopping the other day. The only problem is, and here's a bit of advice for people shopping, uh, especially at the Tesco at um, Gallows Corner in Essex. Don't go on Thursday. Why is that? I just feel like it's the day that they don't get a fresh batch in. Everything comes on a Monday. Everything comes. That's what I mean. So I think Sunday's the worst day. Yeah, I I, I I reckon it comes on Monday, and on Friday they stock a second. They put the other fifty percent onto the shop shelves for the weekend. Well, it's interesting so because I, I was there Thursday, on a Thursday, and it seemed like there was a shitload of um, stacking going on. So I think yeah. Thursday might be, and that's kind Refresh, of if we think about yeah. it, yeah, mid, like midweek, ready yeah. for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but I went there, and they hadn't restocked some of the important things like mango. Um, oh dear! And the mango, mango crazy without his mango. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, oh, he's on fire in du- in in Dubai in the deeps. Um, I had uh, there was obviously well, not obviously, but there's had, like mango salad or some shit, didn't you? No, no, no. Well, um, so Dubai has. A lot of the workers in Dubai are Indian, Pakistani, uh, British, um, and Arab. That's kind of the the cohort that we're talking about here. And Jesus Christ, the the Pakistanis, the mangoes that they have are unbelievable. They produce the best mangoes you've ever tasted in your entire life. And here's the thing. So I purchased a mango the other day from Tesco and all every, I, basically every time I go to Tesco, I get a mango um, for the Thai curry that we have because dad likes to put mango in the Thai curry. If you've never tried it, you do, you're missing out. Um, but they always say ripe and ready mangoes. Yeah. The thing is, is the mangoes that I had in Dubai, the Pakistani mangoes, they were ripe and ready. And when I mean ripe and ready, they were so ripe that they were wrinkled. But the Pakistani said to me, this is the 
like they they picked out because I never had a Pakistani mango and they were all like around me like you have to try one of these mangoes um and they picked out the best mango out of the bunch basically they they brought in like a crate it, uh, a massive crate of maybe a hundred mangoes, 150 mangoes, just in a big box, in a big cooler box. And everybody got one if they wanted one. And um, a few of the guys that are on, on my team were Pakistanis. They were mostly designers. Yeah. Um, they asked me, Woody, have you ever had a, a Pakistani mango before? And I went, no, I've, I've, I haven't. And they, and they, so they rushed over to the mango box and they fetched me <laughs> the, the prime of the mangoes. <laughs> um, so they, they brought this mango over to me and they said, right, this mango that we've got you here is a, from Pakistan and it's the perfect ripeness to eat as a mango. So they taught me how to open the mango and how to eat the mango. It's, it's quite messy. And they did say, yeah, you, like, here's a bit of tissue. You need a bit of tissue with it. Um, what, that juice? I bet it's you that it juicy. Just the juice and it's just, run it's out of it, absolutely like a amazing. Yeah. You've never tasted something better in your but entire life. I, don't th- I think a lot of the food cycle, like, like the food that we eat from supermarkets, like that's what I said to you about not tasting anything anymore. I think we're just like... We don't expect it. Like, well, um, here's the thing: is I was thinking about this other day. Like, I I feel so that in in Dubai there was um, Waitrose, yeah, and they stocked basically the their market their target audience was people like me, UK citizens that were in Dubai because there's quite a few of us there, and they wanted the taste of home. Um. But you go to the, the Waitrose Dubai store and you go over to the fruit and veg section and it's like all of the produce there is like like here where, you know, like a broccoli is like a perfect broccoli. Yeah. Or like an orange is like a, the perfect orange. like Or a yeah. carrot is as straight as a stick. Yeah. Um, you go to a market or you that's go, not nice food. That's that's what I mean. You go to a market or you go to care for or you go to a like a proper place that does proper food. Yeah. And like Swedes have got bumps on them, broccolis are different colours, yeah. carrots are all wonky, and they taste so much better. Yeah. We've like there's this world that we live in in the UK. It might be the same in the States where supermarkets buy this produce that it doesn't taste good, but to the eye, it's aesthetically pleasing. And I feel like we're just being fed this shit. That so actually that's it, is that we're gonna we're gonna start genetically moderating plants. We already to, do to be a certain shape, we just do. because we grow those. Exactly, and then we're gonna lose the ones that actually have any decent taste. Well, that's what happened with apples because we eat with our eyes so much. That's what happened with apples. So. Back in maybe 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 120 years ago, there was like thousands of apple varieties available at the market. Now you go to a supermarket, there's maybe seven varieties and they're the only ones that people buy. 
Um, and the the uses of the apples, like you, you, they're just eating apples. Like I don't know, I haven't. I'll go into Tesco. I always look at apples and I always look at different apples. And the section for cooking apples, it's one variety of cooking apple, and there's like nothing of them. Whereas 120 years ago, there was like 50 varieties of cooking apples, 50 varieties of red apples, 50 varieties of green apples, 100 varieties of everything in between, all available for you to choose. But now that we've learned how to genetically modify and make apples look perfect, waxy skin. So um, uh, is anything in... um sainsbury's or anything like that can genetically grow basically everything that's that's purchased by supermarkets has been gm'd not necessarily for looks but so basically this is what happens so um so the jazz apple is is a, a gm apple oh really so you're supporting the gms it's a, but the thing is, is it, it does taste amazing. That's the, that's the bad. Oh, it's great. This, this one's fine. We'll let jazz apples go. No, I'm not saying let it go. I'm saying I'd, I'd much prefer a world where I had more choice. But at the moment, where the choice is only GM apples, I'll definitely go with jazz. Um, I understand that that's counterintuitive and that I'm supporting genetically genetic modification, but it's worse than that. I, it's not. I have a problem with GM crops. I think there is a benefit to GM crops. So, genetic modification can include something like um, pesticide resistance, so that you don't have to use so much pesticides, which in turn means that you don't pollute the water, which means you don't pollute the oceans, which means you don't kill the things that you're eventually the water's running off into. So that that's a good thing about GM is science creating a product that's environmentally friendly at the expense of humans' time, which I think is a good thing. The bad thing of it is that let's say you've created a nice apple, like the jazz apple, and this yeah. does happen. Just because you've GM'd an apple doesn't mean that all apples, all jazz apples turn out the perfect shape. So what happens is the supermarkets, they basically quality assure the aesthetic appeal of the apple. And if it's not good, that it's gone. Like it's just in the bin. It gets thrown out. That's the bad side of of, um, genetic modification where... You may be able to control its pesticide resistance, but you may introduce other side effects to the genome where it might not look so good on 80% of the time or 90% of the time. So you you end up with a larger waste ratio. That's the bad side of it. So I have actually realized that I've skipped over a few of my uh, questions that I wanted to ask, um, which are... um, you die and find out that everyone gets to choose a 12-foot by 12-foot square to stay in alone for eternity without being able to influence or contact the living world. What 12-foot by 12-foot square would you choose? Can I interact with the environment? No. So I'm just stuck there 
as a ghost just there. Yeah. So you could imagine an answer like maybe Times Square, so at least you can see lots of shit going on. Um, so you're watching something. Do you know what I mean? You've got to choose something that's going to stimulate you for eternity or at least try. I would go... <laughs> Just a black box. So the first thing <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was the the bridge on YouTube. I can't remember the name, but it's like 11 foot 2 or something, where basically every week a lorry crashes into this bridge. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I think, I think that would keep me entertained. I could just oh. sit there. Oh. Ah, every time I'd be satisfied with it, I think. Here you go. It's going to be another six weeks till the next one. <laughs> no, I don't, no, it happens more often than you think. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I think I could, if I was in like um, a mountain and I chose an area where there was a log facing outwards over the, like out towards the rest of the mountainous range and it was southward facing if you're in the northern hemisphere. I think I could live with that for eternity, just sitting on that log, yeah. watching the sunrise over the mountains, the clouds rolling over, setting. I could watch that forever, watching the trees grow, watching the environment around me, the little spiders that are on the log and the foxes or whatever it is running past, the wildlife running past. I think that's where I'd want to be. Or I would like to choose a 12 foot by 12 foot area that's just outside of a brine pool off the coast of Mexico. A brine pool? Isn't that where the whales would like jump up? No, so a brine pool is at the bottom of the ocean. It's like all the shrimp, isn't it? Where a brine pool is... So brine, I don't, do you know what brine is? Oh, wait, doesn't it stick to the heat of the volcanoes underwater? Brine but, are like little brine shrimp. Yeah, so so brine is a solution of water and that's that's highly saturated with salt. Oh, yeah, and the shrimp are in the brine. Right, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. But not a lot of living things can survive in brine. Yeah. So there are some fish or some eels that can go into the brine, but if they stay in there too long, they oh, get Oh, they go like shocked. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would love to just stand there and just. And the thing is, is you. If... What is it with you? You've got the only way you can get through this experience is to watch people suffer. <laughs> well, or on top of a mountain where it's total blissness. <laughs> I want a mountain or people suffering. That's yeah. my spectrum. That's it. Well, you got to have something interesting. I think suffering is interesting. Yeah. I, I couldn't really think of a good answer for this other than like I might go to like the perfect seat in Old Trafford and watch the Man United games every week. Like, because I know that like unless they change stadiums, I'm good for a long time. Like, every Sunday I've got a match to look forward to. Maybe another choice I would make is, um, oh, it's just I, left I, my I, mind. Okay, that's fine because I've got a better question, which is the exact same question, but instead of a 12 foot by 12 foot thing, you can just say a place. And instead of you not being able to influence or contact the world, you can haunt people. You can fucking do shit. 
So <laughs> what would you come back and haunt, basically? Well, not necessarily haunt. You could just use it to, like, I don't know, make the world a better place, but you could haunt people. It, honestly, the... Imagine going to like the freaking Houses of Parliament and being the ghost for the Houses of Parliament or like um, the Prime Minister's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. Um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind on that one is I would love to go to like um, a science laboratory where like serious science is done and like you've got people in white lab coats and they've got like... Um, you know, test tubes and shit and electronic equipment and just, like, just fuck around with them. Because they wouldn't know, because none of them believe in ghosts. But yeah. if you're a ghost, you could just go there and have all the fun you want because they don't believe in them. And they'd be like, who moved my mug? And they could just fuck with people so much. Because um, I was going to say, like, oh, I'd have to go to, like, a proper God Squad believer like the Sistine Chapel or, or the Pope, that would be good, wouldn't it? Going to, yeah. that, just staying in the Pope's wherever he lives yeah, and just like fucking with him. That'd be great. Um, well, another good place would be probably to go to a place where other ghosts are. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Where would other ghosts be? Where would other no, I don't want... know. Yeah, that's where, the best. where would the party be? Where that's loads, loads that's of what I mean. To go. I don't know. Yeah. A cemetery, maybe. Maybe they're all dancing on their graves. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting questions, though. If I could interact with my environment and I was a ghost, I'd probably be where I am right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. An infinite world of just sitting there on my computer. Okay, if I can inside, interact with inside it. Inside the computer. Yeah, just that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So, one thing I did wonder when you were talking about that is it made me think about the hydrogen collider when you thought about science. Oh yeah. Um. And the then I, thought, I wanted collider. to ask the question of uh, how far is science ahead of what we know? Um. And kind of what I'm asking here is, I think there's two things. Is there like a super rich millionaire side of humanity? that have advanced science further than we think and we're just never going to know in the sense that they have a underground base that's been there for a, I think you know, it's loads, plausible. loads of years and they just know things that we don't because they've managed to harbour the talent and the time um, and the technology to understand things. Um, I guess the other second side to the question is, is, is traditional science like sort of like further than what we actually publicly speak about also is it is it silenced i don't know um because hmm. i see lots of bullshit like the hydron collider is doing crazy stuff that can like split us into a different time zone in the universe and we wouldn't even realize yeah for example which i think is i think is like yeah theoretical slash clickbait yeah? yeah but at the end of the day like wouldn't know if it happened um <laughs> but uh you know what i mean they could be doing any tinkering down there it could be the hydrogen collider doesn't it it's just like we'll build this thing and we'll say it does stuff and the public's gonna think wow look at the stuff they're doing but it's actually just sit down there and have a wank all day <laughs> they probably do but um so the thing about science is, is that science is validated by peers um by peer review unlike religion where it's 
um, like a dictatorship where you're told what you said and that's the answer. Validated by books that were found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think things like the Large Hadron Collider is somewhat, it is known. It's a known, the works that is done there is known by the scientific community. Not all of it might be published by newspapers or news all of the time because not it's not necessarily interesting all the time. Um, the more interesting question that you ask is, is there a, a wealthy uh, science that's underground and hidden? I think that's... The, that's the interesting topic here, which is we don't know. Like people have, there are some people in the world that have a lot of money um, that may have more money than Elon Musk, but we don't know about them. And like maybe Russians or Chinese that just, they can pour money into research and not pub, especially China because they, they vastly control what goes in and out of their country through internet and and just in and out of their country information the flow of information um now i'm not saying that the chinese government are doing any of these things but it gives them there is scope for them to have science that we don't know about but at you the same you know that stuff in America where um, they have like those crazy reveals that the CIA did like testing on their own people with weird things, yeah? Yeah, like, yeah. I think that like obviously they could, I have there's no idea what happens that going in on. China, but like I feel like they could just be like just doing anything. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Same all in North Korea. Same, loads of people that are just dead zoned in terms of like yeah. But like this is one another thing that I, that I think I like to think about a lot is that. No one ever considers what's underneath us. Everyone always looks at these buildings all around us, but like there could easily be so much going on underneath our feet. And I don't know, I know it's not easy to build underground necessarily, but if you have enough money, that'd be the logical place to do stuff. No one looks down. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you do. You you go underground, you advance science, you nuke upstairs. You live underground and you create a book and you say in 400 years and there's a clock on the wall, radiation will drop off on the earth and you guys are going to restart earth, but you are going to remove it from all the problems that were caused. And it's almost not even a bad thing for them to do it, but like, yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. I was looking the other day at, um, the you... arms race and the reactions of if different nukes are sent around the world and how like one nuke can essentially cause the end of the world. Have and you seen like, not have, hard. have you seen the proportion of nuclear warheads that USA has compared to the rest of the world? Let me just give you some numbers quickly. So the UK has maybe two hundred and fifty nuclear warheads. France has about three hundred and ten. China has about two hundred and ninety. Israel has about the same. USA has 6,000 yeah. nuclear warheads. I, wa- I, I really wonder who's counting. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't re- know. I, I really wonder how they're like... I, I wonder if there's like an international board and USA's just like, hey, got another one. 
You've got another one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> five more this week. Fucking, yeah. what's that now? Six thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. about right. All right, see you next week. We'll update you. Yeah. Right. Who's doing that? No idea. I think they might declare it in in their um. They probably declare it in their governmental policies and. Oh, uh, here's what we did as government. Our military spending went on this and bloody blah. That's blah, a shitload of bombs waiting to go off, though, isn't it? And it Jesus. is, yeah. Um, I, I think know. the USA strategy is this with nuclear warheads: is if I'm, let's say, I'm the US, and I'm saying this, we need to have as many nuclear warheads as everybody else that has nuclear warheads combined together. At least that amount. So that if one person, if a nuclear war starts, we can bomb everyone. We can respond to every single one of them. So I think that's their strategy. We can say we had the biggest dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically <laughs> what it is. Literally it. But there's another thing too, which is hypersonic missiles, which is um, changing it slightly because the thing about nukes is that there is a, a trajectory path that you can interrupt it on. Yeah. So you can see a missile coming and you can intercept that and react. Whereas hypersonic missiles are turning it into the fact that, you know, you you'd get an alert and three minutes later, you're dead. You have to do something, which is like a real interesting dilemma because, like, imagine if Russia fired a hypersonic missile over at the US, they'd have three minutes. If Biden's asleep, like he is because most eight-year-olds are asleep. What? And only he has the authority to respond as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Voicemail. Uh, oh, shit. Right, who there's next? A, there's a what? There's, you finally, there's you, a what flying there's a, there's over? What? Can you say that and again? It's like, <laughs> do you want to do it? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. And yeah. then that's it. That's GG. It. The whole yeah. world gone. Yeah. It's not good. Well, actually... So the good thing about nuclear missiles is the radiation so the radiation is is fast radiation so it burns fast it explodes fast and it also decays fast which is why yeah. you know like Hiroshima is habitable now yeah, the worst I, was, kind of- I was surprised when I learned about the damage caused but actually feeling like I can survive it like, I was like, I yeah. thought a nuke would completely eradicate. Like, if a nuke was to land, say, in Manchester, I thought to myself, well, I'm fucked, yeah. But I'm really not. I you, think there would be some the disturbance. North would be fucked. Yeah, there would be some disturbance for sure. You feel it. Your windows would smash, probably. I yeah. don't know if people yeah, would yeah, travel yeah. that far, the window smashing. But you'd, you'd probably but, blow your eardrums out. Yeah. But, yeah. like,. I mean, uh, oh, don't get me wrong. It's not a nice sun. At, like, I'm not going to be sitting there having my Sunday Hoping lunch. Manchester's going to blow up. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, it's kind of... I thought it would be, like, the whole country is just gone. Um, and yeah. I also thought there'd be more physical damage. But from what I understand, like... There was a lot of physical damage in Hiroshima. Don't Don't get wrong about that. Yeah, it's just that the, the last thing thought it's not like so a grenade goes off and the building explodes yeah the wall explodes but i think if an atomic bomb goes off it's more on the atomic level it becomes decayed like life 
becomes decayed. If you know, I can't really understand. No, it. no, 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 no. All That's... right, you go. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Atomic bombs are just big bombs. They're just yeah. just imagine normal explosives, but on a like catastrophic level. They don't really have any lasting effects on the environment around it, other than the complete destruction that it causes. It's not like um. And that's the reason because no, so I think what I'm trying to say is like so like for example a grenade yeah a grenade like... doesn't explode a grenade doesn't exp- nothing explodes from a grenade the 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 power from a grenade is the shattering of the shell and the it's basically like a shotgun so you know a shotgun yeah shrapnel goes flying yeah which shrapnel fucks goes up, flying there's no stuff, yeah. there's no fire Whereas, there's no smoke the... it's just shrapnel. But with an atom bomb, what I didn't understand is, you know, the mushroom cloud, yeah? So yeah. where the bomb lands, obviously that has the same effect as the grenade. And anything quite near where it lands would have that, yeah? It'd be completely fucked, yeah? Yeah, it'd be fucked, But yeah. the fallout, I used to think, was a wave that would cause that same destruction going around in a disbursement. But from what I looked at online, briefs sort of watching YouTube videos late at night... I think it's more of a, a environmental change, like a dust and a, a, a change in climate caused by it, um, and also the force field going through with shower windows and stuff like that. But it wouldn't be like your house had been detonated by DNT. DM, uh, do you know what I mean? Well, it would if you were right underneath the bomb. And yeah, like that's what a, I'm saying. But I used to think that radius. the same feeling was outwards. That's what surprised me. Like, no, so... Um... It's a different kind of damage, which is what is interesting. It's a radioactive damage. like Yeah, so when a nuclear powerhouse blows up, um, like the Russian one, uh, what was the COD for? What was it? What's the place? Uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. Um, to, the, to the dust of the West. Yeah. Destroy our culture. Uh, nostalgia. Um, oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yes. It is a good game. Just thinking of block right now. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why that was so devastating was because the, the reaction time in a nuclear powerhouse is purposefully slow. You want things to happen slowly in a nuclear powerhouse so that you can get the most out of the... You can get the most efficiency out of the, nu- the, the the nuclear atoms that you've got, whereas in in a atom bomb, you want it all to happen at once. Like you just want it to all all go, like all nuclear decay to just go into that power. So there is no real lasting effects of nuclear uh, or radioactivity in the area after a nuclear bomb's gone off. Again, which is why Hiroshima is habitable very soon after it was bombed. Um, and Chernobyl isn't. Even still, it probably isn't habitable because the, the nuclear reaction is different. Um, the, yeah, yeah, you're right in saying that the lasting effects of a nuclear bomb would be just complete destruction. Like, it, where it landed, 10 to 20 mile radius would just be fucked. Like, it'd be just be torn to, like, it'd be rubble in the ground. And past that, windows would be smashed, ground would shake, the air pressure would probably blow your ears out, um, you'd be deaf for a while, maybe hopefully recuperate from it, 
and you'd go about your life. Um, but with the amount of nuclear warheads that are about, I think there's probably at least one or two for every single city in the world. So, so basically, if you're near a city, just get the fuck out of there before before um, somebody goes and do it, which is why Russia understand that and they don't fire nuclear missiles and they attack the US in different ways through proximity wars, proxy wars, um, hacking. Who do you think is the like bad that. guys, US and Russia? I don't see Russia as the bad guy. I, I don't either. Uh, Russia, all Russia. Do you know Vladimir Putin's five foot seven. Yeah, he's a fucking don, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I said uh, I watched Vitalik, the owner of ETH. He met he met Thingy for a bit, and he was Putin. like, um, "Yeah, in photo." They, they was like, "What was the first thing like you thought?" And he was like, "Well, he's, he's taller in photos." It's like because <laughs> a lot of the photos, like they try and big him up, give him a dominating height yeah, perspective. Yeah. If you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I. Uh, it sounds so bad because I, I like a lot of these things. I think I said it like about um, Bill Gates Eve earlier, like king of assumptions. Like I think I said it once, like you bring validity, like I skim the surface on many topics and I'll, I'll get my opinion on that little dipping of the toe and I'll believe that opinion till my death. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I will change my mind. I won't die on that hill and I'll be open to other ideas, but I do sometimes like, just like, think i know things and talk like i do but i definitely don't yeah yeah um, i never do i i do bullshit a lot as well but but with old vlad over here i think he's just a misunderstood pony <laughs> i don't think he's misunderstood at all i think um i think no i think he's really intelligent but i yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. about the atrocities that he's done like i don't know if he tortures his own people and all this crazy stuff like i really don't know i, I think but to me it looks like he just wants to protect russia and make russia that's exactly have it. as much love for itself as a country as america wants to say exactly and it's like it's like saying yeah okay you can have your western ideology hot dogs are fine but like we, we we love this and just because you want to be really strong that doesn't mean we can't want the same exactly and uh, a lot of the things are like why did you do this like maneuver like with your warships it's like well, just to because fucking if we, if we didn't do it then they do this get closer yeah they'll yeah. get closer every time yeah. so the the thing i love about so here's the thing russia in a bit of a sticky situation if you look at the the history of russia over the last well the last century basically What's happened is is the European Union and, and the West, including the United States, which is part of NATO, have been slowly getting closer to to the capital of Russia, Moscow. Um, and if you look at the territory on the Mercator map chart on whatever on, on Wikipedia, who's been getting closer to Russia? Sorry, US. But US and well, I mean NATO, oh, oh, so right. European so Union. Through, yeah, but through there, we, they extend their reach closer, and exactly. they're claiming more land bit by yeah. bit. So the whole and there's of, more guns facing Russia. Yeah, so the whole of the Balkans. So that includes Bulgaria, uh, Ukraine, all of those sort of areas, um, East Eastern Europe. They all used to be part of Russia and were were Russian for a very long time. Like a very long time. And then all of a sudden Europe managed to get grab hold of them. And if you look at where Moscow was 
200 years ago in terms of its relation and its distance from the European, from Europe, from the rest of Europe, it's miles. It's like it's so far away that there's no worries. Like you'd, if you were the capital in Moscow, if you was the leader of the capital in Moscow back in like 1890, you'd go like, we, we live in the dream. We've got like so much land. Uh, anyone that wants to come and get us, they got across like, 50 miles maybe more 150 200 miles of just wasteland before they get to us and it's mountainous wasteland as well so they're never going to get through that and then all of a sudden 50 years later they're right at your doorstep and you're like fuck how did that happen so i'm totally with putin in that all he's trying to do is protect the motherland protect russia protect their culture which i think everybody in the world tries to do um, and the West put a bad name on him. And now it has been controversial so, recently with Russia because of what Putin's been doing or not doing to the recent um, person that was is being detained in, in Russia. I forget his name. Um, I well, think the, he... The chap who's trying to contest against him. Yeah. yeah. He um, got like poisoned, didn't he, or something? Yeah. But I think... The history that Putin has had over the last 30 years of his time in power, I think he's had mostly better intentions towards his country than our prime ministers and the US prime ministers have towards our countries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, he's, put it this way. I mean, he's not, he's not in it for his own image. And he's, well, obviously, he's, he's, he's fucking switched on. He's made his own image, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's switched on. He's definitely. fucking switched on. And do, you, do you know what's <laughs> the funny thing? No matter what happens, like everything going on in America and everything like that, you can imagine they're just like, this fucker just always was wriggling around. Yeah. Wriggling. <laughs> and and the, the another thing here is that it kind of pokes a kind of interesting question at democracy over here, which is that um, <clears throat> is switching leaders so consistently a way to get things done? No. It's the opposite. It's because anti. You're you don't make any progress. Whereas you, look at what he's achieved. Exactly. It's the same with Dubai as well. Same with the United Arab Emirates. You look at their. You look Dude. at the last twenty years of the United Arab Emirates before it was literally just a fish fishing, uh, country with yeah. like lo- villages basically. Twenty years time, it's a capital of the world. Like it's, you know, pinnacle like right at the top, modern. And that's because they've had strong leaders, not necessarily the best of views in the world, but they've been strong, strong leaders and they've directed their country down a pathway of success. They've not had competition on... Oh, Oh, the budget's going to change in four years' time and uh, that's going to impact it. No, fuck that. It's just like, this is what we're doing for the next 20 years. We're going to fucking make it. That's what Putin's done. That's what China have done. That's what um, Dubai has done. You look at the West and we haven't moved. We've literally been stuck in in quicksand for the last 20 years. Nothing good has happened. an interesting one 
I think we might wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been a, oh, the next I've got a hour. Good one. I've got a good one though. I think I think you can save it for episode eleven. All right. I won't ask it. I did bring a riddle. Did you have the answer to the last riddle? Oh, let me. What was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait. No, I can find it. You, uh, if you keep talking about something, la di da di da, I can find because I write them down. Episode nine. Hopefully, we'll get a guest on episode ten. Hopefully, we're not promising anything. It could just be another rambling of Woody and Tim. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. If you're not listening on YouTube, then it's really difficult for us to know whether you're an actual listener or not. Um, if you're Spotify, we can tell, but we don't know really much about you. I kind of know what device you're on. Apple has been sort of coming up there a bit um, in second place with the plays. But you can rate on those platforms. You can share the links. There's not much really you can do on podcast platforms other than rate and, and just listen to the ramblings of, of Woody and Tim. Um, upload weekly. Uh, it's Tuesday today, so we'll, we'll this will be out Friday nine o'clock, hopefully, if I remember. Um, obviously, you know that if you're listening to it right now, so it's kind of irrelevant me saying so. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I think um, hopefully Tim has pulled up the video so he can. Remember uh, the riddle that we remembered? No, so um, we're sacking off that riddle, just pretend it never happened, but we have got a new one, which is, uh, and uh, yeah, you can place the trust that we will definitely, definitely promise to bring you the answer. Um, what question can someone ask all day long, but people always give them different answers, and yet the answers can all be correct? Thanks for listening. <laughs>